welcome to part four of Regional Indie Disco. Oh, hiya! Um, so that was Ross saying hiya. Now I've got James, are you going to give us a hiya? Hello. Um, well, that's a little teaser there from James Richard Burton. about. Uh, so in previous episodes, we've talked about Van Hill, we've talked about Albert Collins, we've talked about Steve Reich, we've talked about Warren Zevon, we've talked about, what were the other two? Um, Willie Nelson, yeah. and we also talked about Bruce Springsteen. Uh, um, I think you've talked about Bruce Springsteen twice now. I'm sure there's somebody else there that we maybe... No, I did Warren Zevon, Steve Reich. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Yeah. Van Halen. Talk about Bruce Springsteen. Albert Collins. Yeah. Albert Collins. Willie Nelson. Bruce Springsteen. Van Halen. Van Halen and Bruce Springsteen. We got that email about Bruce Springsteen. We did, yeah. It was from... Said, hey, you guys, if you're talking about 1978, why not talk about Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, we got loads of really good tweet ideas from Bruce Springsteen, didn't we? Loads really good. I was surprised. Why not talk about... Guys talented in so many mediums. He was like, hey, guys, uh, tweet idea. He's like... Imagine a factory. America and shit. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, get in your 54 Chevy. Get yourself on social media. On the turnpike. With candy. Barack Obama. Fucking river. Um, can we get on with this shit because I fucking hate the War of the Worlds well first of all we're going to talk about other records that we could have talked about in 1978 we can talk about other things what did you listen to in 1978 album uh, I could have done The Man Machine by Kraftwerk there was uh, First Edition or Public Image by Public Image there was also Ambient Works Volume 1 by uh, Brian Eno and uh, also I nearly did Real Life by Magazine which is a really good record which I only which I only started listening to after we did our episode on was it 94 with um, the Mannix for the Holy Bible because mm. apparently that was a record they were listening to a lot and it's good it's very 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 good because I think I'd heard Shot of Both Sides numerous times and didn't realise that it didn't realise that because I drank a lot I was burping a lot um, but yeah the kind of that they had a lot of very good songs and did very interesting stuff and that was a really strong record yeah in terms of uh, other stuff we could have done from that year so um, I very needed uh, this year's model by uh, Elvis Costello which is uh, very good and probably his um, finest album uh, I know he would have drawn some hostility around the table uh, we've already done Big Star but they're kind of classic third album which kind of was deleted for many years and took on this mythical status in the kind of 80s and 90s um, which is very much the sound of a band falling apart and is uh, a, a classic of the well it's badly produced but the, there are some interesting ideas in there for a lot of drug addicts um, The Modern Dance by Per Ubu is uh, a really good kind of uh, post really kind of sharp um, kind of post-punk album and um, we've already done the band but The Last Waltz was this year so if Mm. you want to think about um, Martin Scorsese filming a lot of people who are really 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 tired (laughs) from uh, touring for a very long time James I hate to break the end those people were on drugs but they're, they're but they're also really really tired because they're on drugs. Yeah, but, but they've been taking drugs for. But stayed up very taking drugs for like sixteen years. Stayed up but yeah, very but that's, late the night before. But no, but that that's the point, isn't it? Because they've they've been on drugs for a long time, and the whole. Um, I mean, did watch Richard Manuel is barely coherent in that film. Like he's well, he's he's coherent. Rick Dangle looks like he's gonna fall over at any moment. 
but like, the the whole the, the, so the whole kind of god this is a tangent but the, the the whole subtext to that film where Robbie Robertson talks about the the road in in heavily inverted commas but have it they have to, they've been on the road for so long and why they have to get off is despite the fact that he's clearly like quite stoned is he's much less fucked up than everybody else yeah, and that yeah. thing and the whole thing is I think like, it's because he had his own supply of cocaine that he wasn't sharing with anybody else. Well, or maybe he just had better cocaine, but mm-hmm. the whole point... I mean, he wrote all the songs cause, so he had way more moolah, didn't he? Yeah, but the, the whole subtext... He was getting his shit off Bernie Taupin. But I think the whole subtext to that is we really need to stop taking drugs. Yeah. Um, and so um, if we carry on at this rate of touring, taking this amount of drugs, it will all go very, very badly wrong. Yeah, so yeah. I would rather just not for a bit because I don't want to die. And they all kind of hated each other as well a bit, didn't they? So, uh, yeah. well, didn't they all just like actually Robbie Robertson more than... If we stay together, it's mutually assured destruction. Yeah, so yeah. we need to separate, otherwise yeah. we will all die. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. That's a pretty compelling reason to break but the it, band. Like, isn't it? But there is the resentment to Robertson because I, I do think he kind of... Had, yeah, as you said, he he's the kind of central antagonist insofar as he's kind of taking debatably taking kind of more credit but also he always strikes me in that film as being the one who's a bit like this isn't this cannot continue yeah yeah uh-huh. well, every, most bands have a member most kind of really high profile bands have a member who kind of keeps it together or you enjoys that control mm. so Jagger's probably the, the most obvious where he stayed sober the whole time more or less, because you know somebody's got to hold it together. Well, there was also we can't that, all be fuck ups. So. When you see that um, the the footage of um, Genesis, where it's kind of when the when they got the original lineup back together, and you've got that it's, it's that control thing. So you get you like can tell that they hate each other. You well, get Phil Collins that, 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 that and then Peter Gabriel, yeah. and you can tell they both wanted to fill that one space. Yeah, yeah. But what's most telling of that uh, of that? Get your lads out. That that <laughs> BBC Four Genesis documentary is the, the antagonism is. Clearly, biggest. I don't know whether it's it was, Tony Banks versus humanity. Oh no, because I maybe it wasn't the the time, but I I read that. I don't know whether it was the thing that caused the split, but I read the the current day animosity is uh, Gabriel and Collins mm. cannot stand each other. Yeah. Now whether that was the cause of the split at the time, but the very much the modern mm. is brilliant because they're sat at opposite ends and Gabriel spends the entire time just looking at them like. Like I, I will, I will kill your family. Hashtag Team Gabriel. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I will yeah. destroy Switzerland yeah. if it takes. <laughs> if I, if I need. Bunch of Gabriel marching into Switzerland. Oh, he wouldn't us, march. He'd be on a fucking segue. Definitely. Which brings us on to what I would have chosen for 1978 if I wasn't so game for a laugh. Um, so I would have put Man Machine of course you mentioned um, Chairs Missing by Wire which I'm surprised you didn't mention yeah Um, uh, but I think the Man Machine which I kind of feel like I glanced over probably the best craft yeah it is it is it definitely is like it's it's astonishing it still is immaculate Neon Lights man Neon Lights is beautiful Space Lab the Man Machine yeah the Robots the other track that I haven't mentioned yet (laughs) Metropolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Six tracks, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Did I name six tracks? No, you, you didn't mention the model, but that's because that would be the obvious I one mean, to mention. That was too it? obvious. Not going to do that, are you? Um, email in, regional in your disco. The title should be six tracks and list the ones you said. Yeah. 
in the right order. And, and then, then you'll, you'll, you'll win, win that, that copy of yeah. uh, Hysteria that was spat on, which is a double rollover. <laughs> I'm spit in it I twice. would have picked, uh, or might have picked Peter Gabriel too, but we've already done so. We've yes. already done so. Mm-hmm. So can't do it. Um, the other one which I mentioned as well is Parallel Lines by Blondie, which I'm extremely fond of. I found out um, just this week that um, because of the night Robert Fripp was in a play version of Alphaville with Debbie Harry yes which resulted in why Robert Fripp's on Parallel Lines really is he yeah he's on track four I didn't know that I did not know that either he played yeah he's go home and listen to it yeah he's on one track as a result of them both being in the same play in LA so he basically did that um, around the same time as I was going to say it had something to do with Heroes but obviously Heroes wasn't in New York but yeah there's no. that famous photo of him walking down the street with his amp and his guitar and that, mm. was, that was around that time well Parallel Lines is pretty faultless really but I, I think like you know I think pretty much if you turn on BBC4 there's a documentary on it yeah, yeah on right now well that's it yeah I mean there's nothing new to say there is it uh, yeah, so shall we talk about Jeff? Or do we want to do, or do we want to do the other stuff and just have a, a, a section on War of the Worlds? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so related to what we've talked about, but um, yeah, what what we're talking about. Uh, I think if you enjoy listen to music for eighty musicians, because I think it's amazing. But um, uh, Six Marimbas is probably my favourite piece by him. Also, Electric Counterpoint, which is three bits, which was written for Pat Metheny or commissioned by Pat Metheny, which you will recognise from uh, Little Fluffy Clouds by The Orb, mm. which is amazing. As we already mentioned, In Sea by Terry Riley, uh, Philip Glass's Coin Scatsy, which again is an, like the film itself, is it? so yeah definitely watch it so you get the so as a result of watching that and listening to the music you will get the first joke from Alpha Papa by from from Alan Partridge and related to Van Halen you might want to listen to some sick in a warm bin oh thanks it just seems spiteful now it does it's somehow I really like and you're just being really mean about it it's it's really harsh Um, or you might want to listen to Bad Album by The Bad Men do that be better than fucking your face as mentioned uh, in part two repeatedly um, you might want to listen to uh, The Promise the compilation of the um, outtakes and similar around the period of Darkness and the Edge of Town by Pacey and Joey yep from Dawson's Creek yep Um, the title track uh, especially being a, a, a real highlight, but I would title track was Dawson. I won't go out with you. Well, the the big thing from Dawson's Creek is um, Dawson's the, head. Say the, so there are still climbers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I went to see, reaching the peak of peak of the be- Van der Beek. On a, on a serious note, I did go to see uh, me and me and well, it was my my now my wife. We went to see uh, my wife. We now see, my wife. We went to see the Dark Knight on on his head. <laughs> I would also recommend um, one thing being uh, 
startlingly unimaginative, but Springsteen Broadway on Netflix is really great. But I, um, Springsteen's... Um, oh, is, it, is it just him doing like a tight hour on? What's the deal with trying to get parked on Broadway? Um, he... You ever, you, ever, you ever been on Broadway? It is, it is close. But um, if you are... If you're at all interested Where's the enough dry cleaner? To, if you're all interested enough to uh, read his uh, autobiography, Born to Run, um, then the audiobook version um, read by him is the best way to consume it. Um, I, I think he's a really kind of engaging and warm. Yeah, we know. Room. You want to get Bruce Springsteen all the fucking hand jobs you can. Well, I think at his age... it. I, I think it's probably quite sparing. I think it'd be kind of a while between two hand jobs, between each one, isn't it? You know, you'll have a long nap. You'll, you'll have a break. Oh, definitely. I don't think. Well, you've been like you'd be like a morning service and a what the after dinner service maybe. Or do you think like a Wednesday and a Sunday morning? Like, what would you rather, Bruce? Do you want an after it or a hand job? I think at his age, like mumble something about the turnpike. You think he's less high maintenance than Pat Badger? I think at his age, anything more than that would make him anxious. Yeah. Oh, I've just realised I forgot to mention someone about Van Halen, right? You can't do it, because that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, it's like, a post... This episode isn't entirely no, no, a post No, I, no, I was just going to say it's with, it's more with regards to sp- wanking off Springsteen. If you do it after five, he's going to be up twice during the night for a piss. So, Michael Anthony, who's the bass player in Van Halen, um, who you describe as plodding. I mean, I'm not having that. I love, you know, facilitative or... Uh, facilitative? Enabling. <laughs> enabling. I love that. Um, he, He's more of a clusp player. He was kind of in and out of the band, right? Well, not in and out of the band, but there was a long... There was a period Where in the 90s. going? So, you know when... So, Sammy Hagar leaves in 96, and then they bring Gary no, I Sharon don't, in. I don't know You that. remember they brought fucking Gary Sharon Yeah, for Fire in yeah. the Hole for uh, yeah. Lethal Weapon 4. For, for, one, for one album, and then he leaves. During not, this time... None of those songs were on the greatest hits. Yeah, that's a that's fucking true. cold shoulder to Sharon like during this time um, Michael Anthony's place in the band is kind of a bit ambiguous and they, ne- they didn't actually come out and say that he'd been effectively kind of fired from the band on a part time contract they just requested until 2004 bass player and the, he doesn't know what the exact reason that the Van Halen brothers had beef with him for but he thinks it's because of his hot sauce range right <laughs> and his hot sauce range um, <laughs> comes from the Mad Anthony range right um, it's hot sauce brand. I can't even read this out. It makes me so, makes me laugh so much. It's yeah. Um, it's hot sauce includes the phrase "so hot you'll need two assholes." <laughs> <laughs> In a 2010 interview, Anthony said, "I thought it was kind of witty." <laughs> <laughs> But unfortunately, places like Trader Joe's and bigger outlets take a look at the bottle and go, no, I don't think we're going to go for that. (laughs) So hot, you'll need two assholes. I mean, that's funny. Funny's funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that is very much keeping it, I think, with the level of uh, intellectual um, wit that Van Halen have. So uh, for recent stuff, I've been listening to um, Killing Jokes, Extremities, Dirt and Other Repressed Emotions, which was a 90, I think it's 91 album, which was very much the kind of last throw of the dice, we've got nothing to lose, 
um, basically they, they just let the guitarist be in charge for a bit and it's incredibly heavy and incredibly full on and I think it kind of then paves the way for where they would then spend what seems to be depressingly the next 30 years it's mm. like when you realise like 91's like oh yeah that was 30 years but yeah they kind of came out of the, the synth stuff of the 80s and just went full on as fuck um, there's a new Zarface versus Ghostface album which I've uh, only recently just got that's very good um, Taking My Time by Bonnie Raitt which is kind of partly written, arranged, organised by Lyle George so basically it sounds like a little feat with Bonnie Raitt singing on it and finally um, Son of Yvonne by Master Ace which is an MC who was entirely unfamiliar with for some reason I thought that this album was MF Doom so it's MF Doom Beats with Master Ace over the top. And I thought that um, it was basically MF Doom MCing with somebody called Master Ace who was like a rave DJ mixing it underneath. And it was supposed to, like, I don't know where I got this idea from, but basically it's the other way around. It's MF Doom Beats with this guy called Master Ace who is a massive underground, incredible MC. And it's called Son of Yvonne because it's a, it's a poignant record about... Um, where this MC got his musical influences from. So it's Yvonne's his mother, and it's all about listening to Funkadelic when he was a kid, and the fact that he went from being listening to it as a kid to listening to it as a teenager, to digging it, to borrowing it overnight so he could take it to his mate's house so they could sample it. And it's this really kind of quite moving record mm-hmm. about being influenced by music. And he's a great MC, and obviously it's MF Doom, so it's great beats. So that's well worth checking out. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I've um, been listening lately to the new uh, Sharon Van Etten album, which is uh, really good and probably a little bit of a kind of step forward uh, in terms of being perhaps uh, a little bit more uh, experimental, maybe um, kind of electronic in places, uh, which is very enjoyable. the um, Better Oblivion Community Centre album, which is Phoebe Bridges and Connor Allburst. Um, that's a really good kind of... Who's uh, Connor Allburst? Uh, Bright, Bright Eyes. Bright. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's a kind of really interesting kind of country rock-ish album. Phoebe Bridges has ended up in the, the news recently in terms of one of the women that uh, Ryan Adams was not okay to. Um, and me Rev have just oh you pull your punches on Ryan Adams but when it comes to Van Halen they're fucking misogynists like straight well it was imp- it was implied it was implied the idea that he might be I think enough people have come out and said he's a fucking arsehole now that we can say he's yeah. a fucking arsehole yeah. I'd like to disavow myself from picking I can't disavow myself can I can't do that but uh, I do I'm regret not sure, I'm not sure how words work a lot of this is just luck is it <laughs> yeah <laughs> No one would have believed that in 1978, the author of over 3,000 TV show, advert and radio jingles would endeavour to create a double-disc symphonic rock retelling of H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds. It's like one of these ones. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, Exploiting musical taste after observing musical preferences in humanity in the same way one might look at germs under a microscope. 
Jeff Wayne's musical version of War of the Worlds featured me, Richard Burton, with my vocal thoughts explained via Justin Haywood of the Moody Blues. Elsewhere, David Essex, Phil Philip Linnett and Julie Covington are employed for their singing or acting talents, but never both. (laughs) (laughs) The symphonic synth-drenched rock masterpiece. Seriously, am I reading this right? How many people bought this? Yeah. My manager told me to take a flat fee and not points. Fuck it. This went on to become the 40th best-selling album in UK history, despite the contents of disc two. You better have a drink, Richard. And aren't you glad it's me, Burton, not Liam Neeson, the new generation one. He's not working again anytime soon. OBE shitlord. You can't spell Richard Burton without the letters C B E. <laughs> this launched an extended universe of various iterations of the same album, reproduced and remixed, live tours, animations. Video games the like of which this old Thesp could barely imagine. Slowly but surely, Wayne drew his plans against us. So that was from the. Um, that was actually that, from that was the original Richard cast recording. Yeah, that was from it? the. That was well. It was from the from the re. Because it was either because there was that version and there was this the Steve Van Zandt introduction. Was that the 2012 version? That was the 2012. Right. Behind the, the corny 2012. DVD, version. Yeah, corny 2012 version. Um. So. So War of the Worlds um, by uh, Jeff Lynn. Um, like, it's really fucking famous. Like, it's fucking massive. This like, album, to the point of, they like, sell I it think in it, supermarkets on vinyl yeah, still. You know that joke in Wayne's World where it says, Frampton comes alive, they give that out yeah, in the yeah. suburbs. Mm-hmm. It's like that. In fact, I meant to mention this earlier. I was in I was in Windows of the Arcade in Newcastle yesterday. GD Windows. And somebody went up to uh, the the guy behind the counter and just went, is it true? Is this the shop where, uh, where Mark Loeffler bought his first guitar? And the guy went, yeah, yeah, it is. It is the place. And he went, Mom. Well, he didn't see Mom because he was from down south. He went, Mom, Mom, it is the place. It is the place. And then she went up and talked to the shop guy and went, like, shop guy is what they call them. It's like mm. the guy at the Down top. south, that's yeah. what they say, the shop guy. She, she said, hey, shop guy. She went, oh. Is she, she went, oh, what, shop guy? She went, isn't it wonderful? And it's like, and, and vinyl's so big now. I'm not going to buy anything. I'm just in here like you're amusing. It's going to waste your time. And then the dad came over and went, Oh, War of the Worlds, I remember having that. I'm not going to buy it again. I'm not going to buy anything while I'm in here. So they were just mooching? They were just mooching like it was like it was an exhibit. But it was specifically about the idea of, oh, War of the Worlds, do it. And you could see in his eyes there was this bit of where he's, he's, he just flashed with, it's a brave new world, and went, not again. Not doing that again. <laughs> but being in Windows in Newcastle meant that they did either buy or inhale. Sunday for Sammy. Sunday for Sammy and the little waster Bobby Thompson. Yes. So it's having in sandwich. having inhaled Bobby Thompson, sadly they, <laughs> having means they will uh, sadly die oh, of lung, lung cancer. So uh, or spread him down south if they sneeze. The thing the thing with Bobby Thompson is that he's basically comedic asbestos, isn't he? <clears throat> so um, it was acceptable a long time ago in front of a lot of long dead people. But uh, well, you were smoking anyway. It wasn't going. It, was. it wasn't any worse than what you were already doing. 
Yeah, um, the little waster actually was a was a warning rather than a a, a charming scene. Little waster, of course, uh, played in the E Street Band. He <laughs> did, and uh, later that uh, Norwegian-based uh, gangster drama Trondheim. <laughs> Troll. So, Jeff Wayne's War musical, the musical version of War of the Worlds, is a, a absolutely huge record 40th best selling album of all time of all time and it's also if you go on Wikipedia if you look on C- in the UK it's only sold a fifth of Van Halen's debut album I'm if you if you look on the C also section it on, under Wikipedia it has big selling records in New Zealand uh, crowded house yeah um, but it's like is it good no. some like of the, it is brilliant no it's not I think some of it the the um like, I'm the, like I'm the guitar sound for the for the laser beam thing that's <laughs> like that's it's like that's super cool the ooh sounds amazing the guitar player doing the all, strings doing, at doing the beginning all that stuff the guitar player is the dad of the guy from Dutch Uncles who left Dutch Uncles it's Chris Spedden isn't it yeah the guitar player the bass player is Herbie uh, Herbie Flowers of yeah. course uh, who played um, played for Bowie. Yeah, and everybody else, and and it was the, in Sky. Did the walk on the wild side baseline as well? The um, the main kind of uh, horse common in the heat ray riff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Which is like uh, <laughs> sexy get Carter. Yeah, is, is what is the with Where like, why are the fucking Martians getting their shit together? Why does that need an ood? <laughs> like what? What? No, it's what's, like a pretty sexy sachet, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, it is, but it's like it's not at all intimidating. Be, I think that the, the you know, it starts with the, after Burton's intro, and you're like, this this might be pretty sweet actually, because obviously his, his voice is amazing. Like, yeah, it's a great voice, always. as we just heard. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, we did. Yeah, um, and that was an outtake as well. I mean, that was one way he got to be. You know, he stumbled a little. Imagine what they kept in. I know. Yeah, um, and then it comes in with the with the strings with a dun dun dun. You're like, whoa, this is pretty cool. Yeah, and then the song starts and you go, oh, so it's like shit, Abba. Then it's like dun dun dun. Yeah, it's just like it's, like, it's all right. So it's shit long. disco all the way through. Oh, it is a very very. And the problem long. with it is because it's because the entire and, and the first disc is in the same key and at the same speed. Why does traveling through space sound like fucking panpipes? <laughs> what? All I can, whenever I hear at even a bar of this, I just think of Alan Partridge and how much he likes it. Like, and and that makes it some of it. I'm like, oh, this is good, but other bits make me feel sick. With Thunderchild, I remember I used to really like Thunderchild when I was listening to it in preparation for this. I was like, hold on a second, this is a song about a boat. Mm. And I started thinking about other songs about boats, and I, I couldn't but think of any. But the main issue with that is the idea that they call the boat Ship called Thunderchild. Dinghy is the best, in it? Yeah. But also, the, yeah, I mean, what was it, Dinghy? Yeah. But, um, but the fact that they also had... Dignity. <laughs> but the called Dignity. <laughs> But the fact that humanity's last hope was just like one boat. Well, it, well, it wasn't humanity's last hope. It was it was Britain's last hope. No, no I'm sure it's, he it's says. A naval ship, I'm sure it? he says. Oh, but yeah, I mean, he's a boy fucking up yourself much. Like, well, like the rest of the world doesn't exist. It's like it's England or nothing. Uh, pretty strange, strangely precedent. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. true. Right? Yeah, um, there are more nice little bits in it. Where well, just Neil singing. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You know, Forever Autumn's a nice song, but again, that goes on for too long. Yeah. 
Um, I just hate it. Just like... It makes sense having known, which I didn't know before, that he wrote jingles mm. because it's so catchy. Yeah, yeah. It's hook after hook after hook, but it becomes like... Um, I think you just get you get nauseous on it after I do. Yeah. After well, because they go on for too long to yeah. make it an album and disc two, like like I think if it was album one, if it had been like which actually came out in this year, you remember the animated version of Lord of the Rings, mm. where they basically ran out oh, of money. What was the name of the guy? Who did that? Uh, don't matter. Um, Jeff Rings. Um, so they'd done like the first one, and it was like this kind of oh, imagine what would have happened if they kept going because it looked yeah. so good. It didn't though, did it? But if they'd done that with this and disc two would never come out, you'd be like, oh, imagine what could have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. As soon as you put disc two on, you're like, oh. I very, very, well, I don't think I've ever listened to disc two. To be honest. I'm always just so tired by the end of the first side. And I've never, del- apart from for this, I've never deliberately kind of listened to it. I've, um, I do find it amazingly tiring. It, yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? It's a very tiring experience, and I always, and I think like so. David Essex's performance in all of this, and it is a performance. It is. Performance. It, it definitely puts the sex into Essex, like in the way that you would describe something bad as a performance. It's like he he really really struggles to understand the idea of acting. Definitely, you can tell he's got a background in stage, and it's not the same way that Richard Burton's got a background in stage. It's just like Richard Burton's like, you know, like, I delivered a Hamlet for the ages. And David Essex is like, I was all of a twist. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a, yeah, there is a difference between the subtlety of theatre and musical theatre, whereby there is the... There's a difference between subtlety and none. Well, one of them, like, yeah. one of them you can get away with being fucking pissed off your tits all the time, and the other one you can't. You definitely wouldn't be able to do musical theatre pissed. But no, but, but, but it's that, fall over the bassoon. Yeah. It's that art of, sing, of singing while smiling, isn't yeah. it? In musical theatre. That's why you can't do that when you're drunk. No, in the same way you can't um, smile and whistle. Um, I can smissle. Smissle. <laughs> um, smissle while you're drunk. <laughs> I smissle while I work. So one man's hammered Welshman performing Lear. <laughs> Um, it do- doesn't kind of quite translate to, you know, chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim, fucking robots, you know. So that's how the song goes. But it's close. It's close. Isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, but you can de- and that, and I mean, the other problem with it is, like, obviously you've got you've got Jeff Wayne who is writing hook after hook after hook, as we've already said. But his, I think it's his wife wrote the the book, like wrote the. Sc- the script. Who's married? Oh, right. Who? I was going to say he's married to H.G. Wells. Oh, I thought you meant. Yeah, Heather Graham Wells. <laughs> he was married to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> but the fact that she, I don't know, but it seems as if she has no experience whatsoever of writing dialogue to the point where there's so much like shitty exposition in this. Mm. You know where there's a lot. Of- you kind of got it. You've got it because you can't let the music tell the story for you, can you? No, but I mean, obviously, when it's when it's radio, you've got to do that stuff. But it's just the way that it's like, like the the Phil Lennon bit is just like, oh my god, I think I've gone mad. He's gone mad, I tell you. It's like it's so sh- like so shitty. I think there was a lot of like, like the romance or the idea of like, oh, we'll buy this because it's because it's 
high culture. Mm. Like, and I think that was the thing is everybody else was doing it in the same way that people would these days, I guess, would be like buying Harry Potter or something like that. You know what I mean? It was it was a vent. It was a way that every like every household had a copy of it. It seems to be the the thing mm. to the point, and because of the nature of it, everybody's familiar and fond of. I'll oh, put on more of the worlds, and you'll, you you fondly remember. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, oh, this is you really know, cool. Yeah, the eve of the mark, the eve of the war, and the, the horse will come, and and then you tailor off towards the rest of it because it's bad, <laughs> because, and because you've never heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, you know, but I hate it. So I've always hated it. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. It, I'm not saying it's shit. I just think people who like it are fucking idiots. I just think it's... Uh, um... And also, the, you know, I mean, look what's happened since, right? The, some of the versions that we've seen, the, some of the casts that we've seen. So we all watched a video today. They, they, they brought it back in 2012. Yeah. Um, or 2013, sorry. With um, a different cast. This time, uh, the uh, outstandingly gorgeous Justin Hayward was replaced by the bong-eyed Gary Barlow. Um also, fuck Ricky Wilson from the Kaiser Chiefs, who was in it as well. Um, well, else? he replaced David Essex, which is both an insult and accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Such a weird career trajectory, though, isn't it? To end up kind of the, the touring version of War of the Worlds when you've been in a moderately... Well, no, no really, really successful. Playing stadiums, yeah. yeah, yeah and then end big. up on doing... Was still doing The Voice? I mean, this, yeah. and they're supporting Pearl Jam or something at this... No, they're supporting The Who, aren't they, this summer? I mean, that's... Yeah. I mean, that is actually the worst lineup I think I've seen. It's uh, The Who, Kaiser Chiefs and Eddie Vedder solo. <laughs> it's like, God, how fucking it's boring is that going to be? I wonder... But his agent... His agent is doing some interesting things. Yeah, on the say, voice and on... Say, say no to nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they came back because the drummer wrote all the songs. Yeah. yeah so, and and he, left. he left. So yeah. they were that was their, their wilderness years. And then... But then they, BBC they're still one, successful, BBC One saved they? them, yeah. It was that, uh, him and Gavin Rossdale. Oh, God. Mm. Banging the nanny. That awkward video of Gavin Rossdale dancing. Oh, yeah. So quite, I think like a lot of the we we've discussed. And then there was the dance remix version of it in the nineties. Oh yeah, God, I forgot like about a that. kind of. We did that for a, for a, for a game as well. There was a there was yes, a, there was a computer games, game. There's an animated game. version of it. And then there was all the live versions with the orchestra, and the and the kind of pup, the huge scale puppets, yeah. and the the kind of um, big screen. It's like just retelling. Watch. watch the fucking movies. Well, the reason or why the, book. the reason why What's the Spielberg film. It's, I guess he keeps bringing it back is because I think it was like in the middle in the mid eighties, he did the musical version of Spartacus. The, yeah, that is amazing. Didn't do that, very well. That's I think it's immediately after that didn't do very well. He was like, let's see what else we can do in yeah, this yeah. Uh, War of the Worlds business. Did they do the end bit? as like a round. <laughs> I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. Yeah, so, maybe it could have been like again like Steve right where it's just a lot of people going I'm just ends up like that three hours long yeah but I think the I think partly the problem with it is and it's a problem which I thought was with the book which is the first half is really exciting 
aliens are invading and then the second half is just like I'm just walking around for a bit mm. and then the end is for all it's a quite a clever conceit it's like it's kind of lacking in terms also, of it's also it's a total fucking deus ex machina as well and yeah, it's, it's just ju- like oh and then they woke up and all the aliens were dead yeah it's just like oh well that's it nobody did anything there was no big battle it was yeah, just yeah. like all oh, the dead so so the, the you know the, the dramatic moment of the final act is just they're dead oh no it turns out we're one yeah, turns out it's all all right. Yeah, but there, isn't there a kind of a postlog yeah, in the a, a, in this? A, yeah, yeah, which is in the book. Which I is believe really, postlog is the right word for which it. Which is well. it's a, there's a cluster of postlogs, <laughs> which is really odd. How um, because that's actually directly from the book, because that's yeah, yeah. where NASA got the name NASA from. You got any final thoughts on? Thank you for making me listen to it. That's yeah, that would be my thought. It was a part of my childhood, but not a treasured one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Andy Crane. Yeah, very much the... Oh, uh, he was in Toy Story 3. No, that's, that's uh, Andy, Peters. Andy Peters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening to Regional Indie Disco. We'll be back um, shortly or next week with the uh, the start of a new episode. We haven't decided what year it'll be. So you can follow us on Twitter at Regional Indie. We're definitely going to do more stuff on there, especially if you give us ideas for a tweet. Um, we are on Instagram. That's at Regional Indie Disco. Um, SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Regional Indie Disco. Uh, find us on iTunes and rate and review us on there. Um, and... Oh shit! Yeah, we've got an email account, haven't we? Yeah, that, but I mean, is it worth publicising it though? Because it's so busy. It feels I'm not like sure if, we, if we showed it. We've not, mentioned Coin Escati a few times, and you know how they did the sped up footage yeah, of the yeah, traffic. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like it's like that, but not sped up. Yeah, it's just real time. Lots of traffic. It's just constant jamming it. Yeah, wow. cross town traffic. Information freeway. Yeah, it's like. Um, it's like Minority Report, where we have to use our hands to control the internet. Mm. And then you get in there, like really into the guts of the internet, and kind of straighten it all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I very much feel like a uh, lawnmower man, only a little robot doing it for me. Mm-hmm.